Monday. 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 Open wide, dev fans. Get ready to stuff your face with JavaScript, CSS, Node modules, barbecue tips, Git workflows, breakdancing, soft skills, web development, the hastiest, the craziest, the tastiest web development treats. Coming in hot, here is Wes, Barracuda, Boss, and Scott, El Toro Loco, Tolinsky. Welcome to Syntax in this Monday Hasty Treat. We're going to be talking all about the JavaScript standard lib or the standard library. Uh, this is a really fascinating topic about future JavaScript, things that are going to make our life better and better, as uh, we often like to talk about on this show. My name is Scott Talinsky. I'm a full stack developer from Denver, Colorado. And with me, as always, is Wes Boss. Hey, everybody. Hey, Wes. This episode is sponsored by a longtime sponsor of Syntax, which is Sentry. Now, Sentry is the bug, error, and exception tracking software that allows you to make sure that your application is running as smoothly as possible at all times. You're going to want to head on over to Sentry at Sentry.io, and you can sign up using the coupon code TastyTreat, all lowercase, all one word, and get two months for free. This is going to be a big time saver after you get this set up because this is going to let you know where your errors and bugs are happening directly before your users let you know about it. So head on over to Sentry at Sentry.io and check out the tasty treats that they have over for you at Sentry.io. So standard library or the standard lib. Can you give me a, you know, just a, a quick little bit here, a quick little tasty treat? The skinny? The yeah. S- so skinny, yeah. Uh, we're going- there- there's a proposal to add a standard lib to JavaScript. And uh, if you're coming from other languages, you probably already know this, but uh, most languages, Python, PHP, Java, they have a, a bunch of built-in stuff that you can simply just import like it was an NPM module. So rather than having to to go ahead and NPM install something and then require that, you can simply just like require it yourself. Same with like even Node.js has, has a standard lib with a bunch of util stuff. We just don't have that in JavaScript. Of course, we have some globals for, for working with arrays and objects and, and things like that. But almost always when you need to do anything as simple as formatting a, a date or, I don't know, anything somewhat complex with an array, you have to go and reach out for an external library in order to work with it. So there's this new proposal to add a standard lib to JavaScript, which will allow us to have sort of built-in handy little features. Now, you might be asking, like, like, what's the difference between having a standard lib and just making it a global in the browser? Meaning, like, like why can't we just, like, keep putting stuff on the array prototype or, or something like that in order to, to get where we want to go. And I had the same question as well. And the answer, which this is on uh, the Google developers website, says not exposing built-in modules globally has a lot of advantages. They won't add any overhead to starting up a new JavaScript runtime context. So anytime you spin up a service worker, a tab, uh, a new node process, that startup time is really important to people, especially if you're talking about things like opening a new tab or uh, maybe like a serverless function that needs to boot up. That boot up time is really important because if it takes like 100 milliseconds just to boot up, then that that feels a little bit slow. So by having them as a standard lib, they don't consume any any more memory unless they're actually imported, and they don't run the risk of naming collisions with other variables dividing your code. So I think that's pretty cool because like it, they're there, they're sort of npm installed, but you're not actually requiring them until you actually uh, go ahead and reach for them. 
Yeah, I like this little note that was in the uh, the one Google developers thing. It says they're just like downloaded NPM modules, except for they ship with the browser. So, I mean, really, if you've been using NPM modules at any given point, then you have a lot of the tools that you would need to even work with some of this stuff because it's just going to be like importing anything, right? You're just going to be importing, let's say, import library from standard or, or JS colon and then the, the library name. And did you read a little bit about that? Because I, I was actually a little bit confused about that aspect of the importing. You'd see the yeah. uh, STD colon or JS colon to be the namespace for these things. I saw on the the one GitHub, it says that the JS namespace is the namespace, but on the Google one, they were referring to it as STD. Yeah, so this is still a um, a proposal, so it's it's a little bit up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, they've proposed JS colon, they've proposed STD colon, and then they've also uh, proposed the NPM sort of way that you do it is yeah, uh, at yeah. standard forward slash, um, and it looks like it hasn't been decided yet so we're not sure it, it does say in the official proposal that it's js colon um however in the one the one standard lib that is already implemented uh we'll talk about this in just a second yeah. they are saying std yeah standard yeah so that aspect was a little confusing for me but this this proposed or, or is this is this in the in chrome right now because i when, when i was reading is it, it seemed like it was still kind of potentially in chrome it is in uh, Chrome already. This one is? It says here, key value storage module is currently available in Chrome 74, 74. if you have the experimental web platform features flag turned on. So Interesting. this is something a lot of developers flip on so you can try out new stuff in the browsers. You go to uh, about colon flags, I believe, in Chrome. About colon flags. Yeah, and that, that will open up this like under the hood of your browser. And there's all kinds of stuff you can turn on and off. And the one you want to turn on is experimental web platform features because you can already use modules in uh, the browser as well yep. with a uh, script type equals module. And uh, what this key value, maybe we should talk a little bit about what <laughs> yeah. this, this yeah. module yeah. does. Sorry, I, I jumped into it a little quickly there. I uh, <laughs> was just wanting to uh, not say anything that was not accurate initially. Yeah. So there is local storage, you know, local storage, you can set key value strings in local storage in the browser. The one downside to that is that local storage is synchronous, meaning that if you have a a larger write or something like that, you could be potentially blocking other things from happening. So this key value storage is the exact same thing, except that it is a new asynchronous API that will allow you to work with it. Um, And then there's also um, a whole new... API of things for for working with it. It has get, set, delete, very much like we have had in something like a JavaScript map. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's cool about this is like the whole stated goals of it is performance, speed, and all those things, but also simplicity in the API. And that's something that local storage really got right, in my opinion, was just how late, dead, simple the API is to use. So now that we're we're having these in a standard library and a different with performance as the the real kicker here i think this is definitely Mm -hmm. a good good first module i think this is an interesting use case and you know i'm interested in giving this a try obviously this is one of those things that you kind of have to be careful with because well if you ship some code with the standard library in it and your users do not have that chrome flag enabled well guess what it's not going to work unless you're using a polyfill which i would imagine the polyfill, I haven't done too much reading into this, 
would just be the library as what could be a node package. And then potentially you're loading the node node package from your packages rather than from the browser. If it doesn't exist in the browser, does that sound correct? Yeah, I would I would imagine that part of the asynchronous loading of this thing is that it would just load it on demand yeah. if it needs it. So it's using another part of of modules in the browser is just loading it on demand. So uh, it's it's kind of cool. It's 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 not the most exciting thing ever, but it, it's it's a perfect example of giving you the idea of what is a a, a standard library in the browser. Now, I guess we can talk a little bit about like what kind of things do you want to see being added as a standard library to the browser? Yeah, I, I think the thing that most people would want to see, I mean, we have listed here deep clone and then another link to a proposal. But it's funny because I, the first thing that I thought of, which I'm sure a lot of people, their brain would go just be like, hey, it'd be great if, well, all of the stuff that's not already in JavaScript already is from Lodash. It yeah. would be as a standard library. That would be great because we got a bunch of features from Lodash, a lot of stuff that you used to use before we had .map and things like that. And we got all those in JavaScript now, but there's still a host of things. A lot of the deep stuff, a lot of the, the things that are a little bit more tricky where I'm reaching for Lodash, it would be really great to have those built in because to be honest, it seems like that stuff should be part of the library. But again, the benefit of having these be in a module is that you wouldn't have to have them all the time. Yeah, you don't need to to load the entire library on as you need it. They just would be available for you in the standard library. So I think that will probably be one that we start to see. You can get most of your work done with the array methods that we have, but every now and then, maybe 5% of the time, you do need to reach for one of these specialized methods when you're doing you're doing union of data, you need to do a deep grab of a, a property, and although that is coming to the to JavaScript as well. Yeah, which what what do you use a lot? Because I use like uh, let's say I've used has in the past, although I'm now using the what is that the the operator the question mark uh, optional chaining optional chaining yeah. So I'm now using chaining and optional chaining instead of has. However, yeah. I use merge. I think I've used set. I, I've used find. Find is really nice. Flat sort of map. Flat map. Yeah, flat map is actually really sweet. Find index is like a deeper find index. Times. I've gotten times, which I mean, you could you don't need times anymore. I should probably rethink some of that code. Yeah, well, sometimes I just prefer like a nicely named method over an obtuse like um, oh, reduce. Creation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know I can make my own little, uh, I can make my own little functions like that, but that's the whole point of a library like this. Is yeah. that it, it, will <laughs> be, it will be very easy to, to do these types of things. And it's not adding any overhead to either your bundle of JavaScript or the, the startup time of your application. So we'll probably see quite a bit of those. We already see this in, in Node. Node has an entire assert package that will check for, for deep, uh, deep strict equal. Uh, so if you have two objects and you want to compare those two mm -hmm. objects, that's hard in JavaScript. So yeah. Node just ships uh, a utility library that allows you to do that. If you want to uh, do a deep clone of an object, so uh, real quick, if you have an object and you do a copy of that object via something like object.assign or you use a spread or something like that, it will only clone it one level deep. So if you have uh, a nested object inside of that, the second level, third level, fourth level objects are still referenced to the original object. And that can be a bit of a bug city because if you change that second level object, the original thing that you copied it from will also be changed. So uh, a deep clone is when you actually 
copy all of the levels deep. Mm -hmm. And uh, that doesn't that's hard to do in JavaScript currently as well. We'll probably see something like that. What else? Uh, Asynchronous JSON parse, JSON stringify. Uh, a library to do that would be handy, I bet. Yeah, some some UUID create some unique I. What is this other U stand for? Unique, universal, uni universal, unique identifier. Universally unique identifier. Okay, I was like a unique identifier. That's only one U. Yeah, so be able to create like a, a, a what it would be like a database key or even just a key in general. That's like a unique string would be. Yeah, that'd be nice to have too. I think yeah, I would use they're that. also called GUID, globally unique Glo identifiers. Those are, those are like, those are acronyms I see and I've never been like, oh, I know what that means, but what is that actually? What's a, what is... <laughs> oh, that's great. A URL library for parsing URLs. So if you want to build a URL yes. with mm -hmm. uh, hashes and query parameters and pages and paths and all that stuff, uh, or if you want to parse it into something, you, you almost always have to reach for uh, an external library like that. So that Although, would be really uh, handy. Get query string is in the browser. Or, I mean, yeah, get, is it URL? Oh, params? you're right. Yeah, yeah. I've actually, get, I use this myself. What is this um, query string parameters? Because uh, as many people who have used React Router know that React Router doesn't ship with any yeah. sort of way of doing query strings. What's the name of that method? I totally forgot about that. Use ref cookie URL URL search, search params. params. Yeah. So URL, uh, yeah, URL search params, new URL search params. You give it the uh, string of your URL, and then it basically takes all of the params and spits them out to you as an object where you can grab it with a dot get. So you say, hey, dot get, and then you pass in the param name, and then you get that value back out of it. I use this skin. I actually use it with a polyfill. So uh, the cool thing about this is, is you can use this totally right now as is. You just do need a polyfill if you're shipping to um, pretty much any browser, to be honest. It's not it's not super widely supported yet. It looks like Edge 17, Chrome 49 with most of it. it actually looks pretty well supported except for IE. But like, who cares? Polyfill it if you need it. Yeah, I would polyfill it. Just anyways, because the polyfill is easy to do, you know? Yeah. Until it's, yeah, no kidding. And it will just load it on demand for you. Yeah. Like what about, what about things like polyfill? Like path and hash. And is there, there's nothing in the browser for that currently, is there? I don't think so. Uh, correct us it, if we're wrong here, but I, as far as I know, I don't know. There's, there's one like little trick I've seen is if you create like a document.create element and you create an anchor link and set the href on it, ref. Um, and you can use you can use that link to access all of the properties that a link will automatically generate for you. So I think you mm. can get the hash. Out. But I don't know. These these are just different tricks and stuff like that. It would be nice to have it in just one nice, tidy little library. A nice little bundle. Nice little standard yes. standard bundle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's all I can think about uh, right now. If you have any other um, things that you would like to see come to standard lib in JavaScript, uh, let us know. Maybe like a like a nice canvas. Um, API, like the canvas API is for me is difficult to use, I think. So like maybe, a, but maybe that's what libraries are for. Like yeah. there'd be two canvas <laughs> APIs, probably not. Right. Yeah. It's like, at what point, what's the threshold? It's like the things that are, uh, used frequently enough or will make ev like the most people's lives better in certain ways or by standardizing them, making things easier for people, making performance better, those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had like a, a nice little conversation before we started this episode about intel 
or international, which is a new API coming to the browser. We were saying that we could probably do an entire episode about this, but you wanted to touch on it really briefly in this one. How much did you want to uh, get into on that? Yeah, um, uh, real quick, I was just going to say, like, most people are probably going to say something like moment.js, which is like uh, date formatting and time ago and and relative time and uh, currency formatting, all those things. And and those things are I I started writing them down. I was going to be like, well, they are actually coming and they are in the browser already under the INTL methods. And then I started typing it out and I said, like, man, this is a whole show right here. (laughs) I'm super excited. Anytime I tweet a a hot tip from INTL, it it goes bananas. So uh, we're going to save that for our next hasty treat. Talking about currency formatting, list formatting, date time formatting, sorting things based on different like I'm sure our international users will know that uh, anytime we show a simple example, they'll say it's not that easy when you don't just have a A through Z and right. you've got accents and things like that to, to worry about and different types of keyboards and different types of locale where uh, it doesn't necessarily match your language and how you format money, all that good stuff. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. Yeah, there is a lot there. And I think anybody who's worked with international anything has understood just how difficult it can be. Cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is it. This is exciting new stuff. You know, I, I think we Absolutely. often talk about JavaScript and um, the evolution of things just being easier for the users and things like that. Things are just getting so much easier for the developers as well. Uh, getting nice and clean. We're not going to have to do any sort of these hacky things to create things because hopefully we get everything that we ask for and it all shows up and it's all perfect and uh, it makes our lives that much better. So I'm really excited about all of this stuff. If you want to try the key value storage standard library that is shipped in Chrome, make sure you flag or turn on that flag. And then we have a link in the show notes here to let you know exactly uh, some of those API things and a little blog post explaining a little bit more about the key value storage one from Google. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace. Head on over to syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show. 